Welcome to Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 6, Episode 5, The Hume Hotel. Sometimes you look for them in dark crypts and abandoned cemeteries. Other times you happen upon them in homes and in old battlefields. And sometimes you are drawn to them, and they drawn to you. Here's the true tale of one night at the historic Hume Hotel in Nelson, British Columbia. The Nelson area has a rich history of exploration and mining. Explorers and adventurers employed by the Northwest Trading Company and the Hudson Bay Company were the first to enter the Kootenay and Columbia River Valleys while searching for fur trade routes. David Thompson traveled the Kootenay River as well as the full length of the Columbia River between the years 1807 and 1811. In September 1876, gold was discovered at 49 Creek, nine miles west of Nelson, resulting in a minor rush of prospectors from the United States. The mining industry helped to create the foundation for our community, and on March 18, 1897, the city of Nelson was born when the letters of patent were issued. The first mayor of Nelson was John Truth Houston. Once incorporated, Nelson became a hub of activity for the West Kootenay region. Stern wheelers plied the waters of the Kootenay Lake and the West Arm, and development of the new city, including the construction of the Hume Hotel, proceeded quickly. On March 17, 1898, the Hume Hotel opened with a grand celebration, the likes of which had seldom been seen in Nelson. The fanfare that accompanied the occasion underscored the sense of pride felt not only by J. Fred and Lydia Hume, original owners, and one of Nelson's pioneer families, but also the local community in general. No consideration was left unchecked, and the opening was a celebration of the skill, determination, and hard work that went into the hotel's construction. It also heralded a new era for Nelson, which had been incorporated the year before, and provided a sense of hope and optimism for residents of the new city as they forged ahead into the 20th century. At that time, Nelson's landscape was considerably different from today. A deep ravine created by Ward Creek essentially divided the city in two, with the dirt roads of Vernon and Baker Streets only passable by way of wood frame bridges. The Hume Hotel, which sat on the corner of Ward and Vernon, was an impressive figure within the scene. The hotel was designed by Alexander Charles Uart, who carefully considered all the architectural details, from piazzas' views to the bay windows to inset balconies, with much thought also given to ornate detailing and state-of-the-art amenities like electric lights and steam radiators, all for a total cost of $60,000. The hotel was indeed a marvel to behold. After nine years of successful operation, on March 11, 1907, J. Fred sold the Hume Hotel to Wilmer C. Wells, a political man who served as Commissioner of Lands and Works for two terms under Premiers James Dunsmuir and E.G. Pryor, respectively. Wells brought in his two sons, George and James, to run the hotel, and fully intended to construct additions in response to the growing demand in Nelson for first-class accommodations. Wells, however never did fulfill his commitment, and on October 14, 1912, he sold the hotel to George Benwell, a hotelier of considerable repute, for a sum of $85,000.
1929, a massive interior and exterior renovation was completed under Benwell. The Hume Hotel was so different in appearance that it was, as described in the Daily News, hardly recognizable. The magnificent cupola, which towered over Vernon and Ward Streets, was removed. The balconies were extended outward flush with the exterior walls. The entrance was moved to its present location, and many other changes were made. Benwell, following in Hume's footsteps, also considered modern amenities and state-of-the-art technology a necessity. He installed a telephone exchange and phone in every room, a dumb waiter, a French steel range, steam tables, an electric dishwasher in the kitchen, and an ice maker capable of producing 600 pounds of ice daily. The level of service, sophistication, and general hospitality excellence, which were hallmarks of the Hume era, were also the hallmarks of the Benwell era. By 1979, the Hume Hotel was in a serious state of deterioration. Benwell had sold the hotel in the 1940s, and after a series of owners failed to keep up the standards established by Hume and Benwell, the Hume Hotel was nearly condemned. Bills were left unpaid, the power was disconnected, and it sat empty for several months. Ernie Rushworth, who at the time carried the first mortgage on the property, called on Dave Martin, who had helped Rushworth successfully revitalize a rundown hotel in the Yukon. He asked Dave if he would be interested in the purchase of the Hume. After careful consideration, the purchase was completed and an exhaustive heritage restoration project began. Nelson was undergoing a similar initiative in the same period, so the timing was excellent. In December of 1980, the Hume Hotel was reborn as the Heritage Inn and once again became a proud symbol for the people of Nelson. The restoration project took $1 million to complete twice the original budget, and was carefully undertaken by designer David Thompson. The massive renovations were wrought with pitfalls, though. The interior was completely gutted, and the hotel's electrical and plumbing systems had to be completely redone. A number of hidden treasures were revealed during this time, and many have been completely restored and are now part of the Hume Hotel. In the library lounge, for example, you can see the original old brick fireplace, which had been hidden from view by a plaster wall. Adding to the success of the project, many local residents provided antiques, photos, and artifacts to decorate the interior, and local tradespeople recreated many of the original embellishments, sometimes working from old photographs. The opening ceremony on December 8, 1980, was an auspicious occasion with many local dignitaries in attendance. The highlight of the night was the presence of three generations of Hume descendants, Frida Hume Bolton, the 80-year-old daughter of J. Fred and Lydia, her daughter Dawn, and her grandson J. Fred Bolton. Frida presided over the ribbon-cutting ceremony and knighted Dave Martin Sir Lancelot. In 2005, major changes to the hotel's exterior facade were completed, which included an outdoor patio for the general store restaurant, as well as the hotel's signature rooftop crown. For 25 years as the Heritage Inn, the Martins continued the tradition of hospitality excellence, started in 1898 by Fred and Lydia Hume. At the completion of the exterior renovation, the hotel went back to its roots, to be renamed as the original proprietor once titled it, the Hume Hotel, paying homage to the local legend 
and a storied history on the corner of Vernon and Ward Street. Members of the Hume family were again on hand for the festive grand reopening as they were exactly 25 years ago. And now that we have the history taken care of, let's take a quick break. And when we return to the podcast, I will share my own investigation into the haunted Hume Hotel. Do you like to travel? Want to vacation more frequently? We'll visit our show sponsor, www.experiencethis360.com for travel inspiration, tips, and advice. Learn how you can save on car rentals, hotels, and flights. Just visit www.experiencethis360.com. Now back to the podcast. As always, I begin my investigations with no knowledge of the history of the haunt. I come in fresh and with an open mind. I owe it to the listener, and more importantly to myself, to see what truth comes out. I arrived at the Hume Hotel in late afternoon on a very hot and smoke-filled summer day. The BC forest fires raged in the interior, and tourism was low. I pulled in Nelson, noting all the historical structures and the beauty of the city itself. Pulling into the Hume, I felt a distinct, welcoming feeling, a calling if you wish. I entered the front entrance, and immediately I felt eyes on me. I was being watched. This same feeling overpowered my wife as she entered as well, and on several occasions she mentioned it. The eyes that were watching us were piercing, and they emanated from a portrait of Lydia June Hume, which hung on the staircase. I also got the feeling that something was not right, and my attention was brought to an elevator. The elevator was installed sometime later, and the shaft blocked the magnificent view of the grand staircase. Checking in, I got to choose my room, save for one that was pre-booked. I chose the second floor, room 221. Room 221 was actually historic room number four and five. You see, during the early days, hotel rooms were not that large, and most did not contain a washroom at all. The redeveloped room was a combination of two historic rooms. The room was very comfortable and offered a fantastic view of the provincial courthouse. Incidentally, the same view people paid top dollar to see a public hanging in the front yard many years ago. The room above, 335, was the prize room for the viewing. The Hume held a lottery to see who would get the room and best view. This room was the one that was previously booked. I guess the view is still the best. I toured around Nelson and came back to conduct an evening investigation. It didn't take too long to meet the ghosts of the Hume face to face. Firstly, I found myself wandering the halls and the staircases. At each level, I felt as if someone was following me. It felt female. Mrs. Hume, I asked but did not get a response. Mrs. Hume, who I assumed was following me, stopped at the third floor and did not continue further. Coming back down, I spotted a poem on the second floor. Its title, The Ghosts of the Hume Hotel. Interesting, I thought. They know this place is haunted. I got the immediate feeling of suicides, murder, and thievery. 
I continued on into other rooms and into the bar and restaurant and found nothing other than the distinct feeling of being watched and followed. I returned to my room and lay on the bed when suddenly an apparition appeared. A man in a strikingly dark suit and fedora. He sat in a lone, empty chair, smiling as he puffed on a cigar. He knew I saw him because he smiled when I squinted my eyes and strained to see this illusion. The man tipped his head, as to say hello, and then melted away. I had the feeling this man had a secret. His secret I knew by the smile on his face. Without a spoken word more, I knew his secret. I waited patiently and did not see him again. I shuffled in the bed and turned on all my recording devices. The night was peaceful for me, and I had one of the best sleeps I could ask for. My wife, on the other hand, did not. She, too, saw an apparition. She saw a male pacing in the room, back and forth, and then sitting on the bed itself. She believed it to be me, but then saw me fast asleep beside her. Startled and scared, she was going to wake me when the vision completely vanished. That morning, in the shower, wondering what I had picked up on my EVP recorder, I heard a sentence spoken to me as if a person stood next to me. You'll have a safe trip, lad. When I turned, there was no one there. When I returned to my home, I checked for any recordings on my recording devices, and I found none. My photos also proved to hold no ghostly images. Now at home, it was time to do my research. So in 2005, the Nelson Paranormal League, a group of paranormal enthusiasts, filmed their documentary, Haunt at the Hume, along with Tia Trussler, a psychic who conducted a reading on the structure. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide a clip from their documentary, and we'll have links to their information in our show notes. Over the course of the last 75 plus years, there have been recordings of strange happenings at the Hume Hotel. Many guests and employees believe the ghost to be that of Fred Hume himself. Room 335 of the Hume Hotel has become synonymous with paranormal activity. Stories from guests include the full physical manifestation of a man in a top hat raising a brandy drink in cheer to incoming guests. One guest asked to be moved to a different room, stating she had never experienced such a phenomenon, and while she felt no malicious intent from the figure, she was certainly uncomfortable knowing she would be sharing a room with a male. Staff have experienced numerous occurrences of paranormal activity, including the television set turning on and off on its own accord, the tap beginning to drip as they are doing their cleaning duties, and despite the best efforts of repairs, it continues to do so without measurable reasons. Temperature fluctuations are also a regular occurrence, oftentimes attributed to paranormal activity. The room has a history all its own, as conveyed in the film The Haunt at the Hume. It is believed there was a prospector who favored that room as his meeting place for an illicit affair. His love of the room may explain the appearance of the man in the top hat, Room 335 also has a darker past. The only hanging to occur in Nelson stirred much attention. 
and the entertainment factor of a hanging seemed to inspire the hotel to capitalize on the morbid event. The hotel sold lottery tickets to gain the best viewing rooms of the hanging that was to occur in the yard in front of the courthouse. The readings Tia conducted in the room had her experience the excitement of the day and then the sheer horror of a man being killed. The shock that reverberated through the winning lottery ticket party was palpable in the very walls of the room. Why was room 335 denied on my investigation? Was Lydia Hume following me as I enjoyed my time investigating the Hume? And who was the man in room 221? Was he the same witness in 335? Or simply a different spirit altogether? The Hume is there, waiting, waiting to be discovered, and its secrets revealed. I'm Ryan Martin. I'm the general manager here at the Hume Hotel. It's been in the family for 25 years now. Since 1980, my parents bought it and fixed it up. And uh, recently, we did a major exterior renovation and went back to the original name, which was the Hume Hotel, which uh, um, carried that name for 82 years. This hotel is 107 years old, and you, you think of all the people that have come and gone, um, the babies that were conceived here, the, um, the, the lovers that met, it's uh, pretty fascinating, and it resides in this hotel. Uh, a lot of the staff think that the uh, hotel here is haunted, and they aptly call this Ghost Fred, um, named after J. Fred Hume, who built the hotel in 1898, along with his uh, lovely wife, Lydia. So a lot of times there's strange happenings uh, in these walls and quite often he's used as a scapegoat. So if something goes awry, oh, it was Fred, it was the ghost. Uh, my name is Miriam McFarlane. I've lived in Nelson my whole life, except for a brief period in the 20s when I went wandering. And I've been working at the hotel for eight and a half years. It's been here for 107 years plus. It's almost 108 now. But if you sit in the lobby long enough, you will see the entire population of the Kootenays go through. So it's very much a central meeting point for everybody. Everybody knows where the Hume is. We're going to go a little bit of a tour on the basement of Taffy Jacks. We're going to investigate a couple areas right now and just take a look and get some feeling on areas that you feel could use another reading or areas that you feel are sensitive or make you feel some way. Kevin, we're going to be looking for areas to set up experiments in. And Serene, we want your uh, overall feeling on things. Uh, the places that we want to go, we want to investigate the pizza stand where there's been some activity into the bar area of Taffy Jack's, the cloakroom, and then right behind us over here is going to be the maid's quarters and uh, the, the laundry facilities, boiler room, and what we're gonna to refer to as the dungeon. So that's what we're gonna do a little tour on right now. So as we go around, let's get everybody's feelings on it. Kevin's actually also done some base readings that he's gonna to talk to us about too. So let's head into... Uh... Remember to visit our show sponsor, www.experiencethis360.com to read travel destination guides and learn to travel smart.